0: Good morning. morning. All right. I'm glad y'all are as happy to be here as I am, right? Right. We're going to start this morning in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. We're just going to kind of roll along with uh, what we've been doing over the last several weeks that uh, Kevin began. And then um, I'm trying to just kind of roll with where he was at. Uh, Chapter 5 started off with the words, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. And these are practical ways and pointing at, um, in particular, relationships that let the rest of the world know what it looks like for us to be imitators of God, to walk in love. And last week we talked about our marriages and, and the role of a wife and the role of a husband. Um, this week we talk about children and parents and what that relationship looks like as we are imitators of God. You've got to understand and, and please be reminded that these words were not written to the entire world. This is in a letter that was written specifically to a church, right? So when we talk about how tough it is and how hard it is for a wife to be submissive or for a husband to to love his wife the way that Christ loved the church. We're not talking to the world. They don't know how to do any of that, right? We're talking to the church. We're talking to the spirit field. We're talking to God's people. We're talking to Christians. These words were written to people who were inside the church. This is what is expected of you. In other words, it's impossible to go out here and ask the world to imitate God. They ain't got a clue. Right, And you and I were in that same boat. We've been there. It isn't that we were born this way. God chose us. We're, we're, we've been adopted into this family, right? So we're we don't, not looking down on anybody else. But what I'm saying is, is when we talk about these things, because I'm going to talk about some pretty tough stuff this morning, this isn't expected from the world. This is expected from the church. There's a difference. There's a difference in mindset. There's a difference in ability. Because I'm not trying to walk this walk of my own power. Right? I can only do it through the strength, the courage, the power that God provides. Well, believe it or not, everybody's not walking under that standard. They're not. There's a whole world of folks out there who don't even know about that standard. Don't care nothing about that standard. And then there's a whole other world of folks that are claiming it, but you can say what you believe all you want to. But we all know what you believe based on how you live your life. Right? Amen. In other words, if I tell you that I believe airplanes are killing people and they're putting off pollutants that are completely destroying the world, and, but I get on an airplane to go have a meeting about it, what does that tell you about what I've told you? Either I don't care about people, or I don't believe what I told you I believed. Right? Not based on what I said, based on what? What I did. This, this, that applies here too. It's, it's, this Being a Christian isn't based on what I tell you. It's based on how I live my life. It's based on how you live your life. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. We'll only read about four verses this morning um, from right here. And I encourage you that if you have your Bible, please get it out and and follow along with us this morning. Um, We're going to be going to a multitude of places, most of which will be put on the board Um, so that you can read it from there. But if you have your Bible, I'd like to see you flipping pages and hear those pages flipping as we try to get to some different places. We'll be bouncing back and forth from Old Testament and New Testament and looking at a whole lot of different things. Believe it or not, the Bible has a lot to say on this subject. So let's start. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do humble ourselves before you to say thank you for another day of life and thank you for another opportunity to to be gathered together to study your word. Father, to, to hear your word. I pray, Father, that you guide us and direct us throughout our service this morning, that you continue to open our hearts and minds to to your word and what you would have us to gain from your word. Father, I pray that you bind up all of my opinions and everything that I say would be honoring to you. Father, that every word that comes out of my mouth would be words that, that you desire for me to say. Father, I, I pray for your continued guidance as a church and as individuals that, that we would have the understanding that it doesn't matter what we say, it's, it's our actions, Father, that people are listening to, that people are watching. Father, I pray for you to continue to give us the courage and the strength to live a life that's pleasing to you. We thank you, we love you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, again, this is one of those subjects that the Bible has a lot to to, say, to talk about in obey your parents, in what God expects from children. As a matter of fact, we're pretty fortunate that we live in the time we live in because there was a time in the Old Testament when they were still lay, um, living under the Messianic law that, that things were pretty strict about children. And we're going to look at a couple of those just to kind of get an idea of where God stands on children and their obedience to their parents. Now remember, we're talking to the church and we're talking about living in a way that imitates God. In other words, if the rest of the world looked at the relationship between children and parents and it looked like an imitation of God, this is what it would look like. This is how it would be. Alright, so y'all... Uh, Nathan's going to pull up the first couple here. Exodus 21, chapter 15. Exodus chapter 21, verse 15. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. That's pretty cut and dry to me. Whoever... Strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Verse 17, a lot similar. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. If you're going to be disrespectful and dishonoring to your parents, according to Old Testament Scripture... You're better off dead. <laughs> you just, just put them to death. Just, you know, God's pretty serious about this thing about obeying your parents and honoring your mother and father. He's got a lot to say about it, and we won't get a chance to look at all of it this morning, but we're going to look at quite a bit of it. But this here kind of started me off with a punch in the gut when I was studying this, that I went back and looked at what the law said, and the law says... If you strike your mother or your father or you, are, uh, you curse your mother or your father, you should be put to death. Man, that's, that's pretty harsh, right? I mean, there, there's, no, there's no doubt where God stands on this subject. So, go to Leviticus chapter 20 verse 9. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 9. Uh, Start in verse 6, I'm sorry. Start in verse 6. If a person turns to mediums or necromancers, whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. This is God talking, by the way. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Verse 9. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. I mean, in the same statement as if you turn to sorcerers <laughs> is the statement if you curse your father or your mother, you shall be put to death. You know, God's pretty, pretty serious about this relationship. Have we established that already this morning? That God, God has a really strong... Desire for a child to parent relationship to be something that is representative of his love. And, and there's no room for disrespect, there's no room for cursing, there's no room for striking. That if you do those things as a child or as a child of a parent, then put to death. Man, that's, that's rather harsh, Right? But again, it gives us a clear understanding of where God stands on this issue. Because we're going to get into some other things that you may look at and go, well, I don't know about. Listen, from the beginning, He said, if you can't be respectful to your parents, you should be put to death. Now, again, this is, keep in mind, this is a letter to the church. This is, we're talking about, these are commandments from God to His children. This isn't just overall across the board. Because there is no standard across the board, right? You understand that, right? That the standard that you and I as Christians, as God's people, live under, that's not a universal standard. In other words, God's not surprised that the world acts like they do. You hear me? God's not surprised that the world acts like they do. But what He don't want is for us to look just like them. His children are supposed to be set apart, right? We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be righteous. We're supposed to be different from the rest of the world. We're not supposed to conform and look like and blend in with the rest of the world, not through our words or our behaviors or our practices. So don't be surprised that you look across the board in society and you don't see the things that just being requested of you. They don't live by the standard that you and I live by. As a matter of fact, there is no standard. If it feels good to you, do it. Let me assure you of something. That's a bad plan. It's a bad plan. A terrible plan. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 32. Romans chapter 1. Now that, what we just read and what we've been looking at to this point is, is Old Testament um, writings and, and the old law and, and that kind of stuff. And we all know that That covenant has been replaced with a new covenant. So a lot of times when you try to give somebody instruction based on what Old Testament says, they want to buck against it and go, ah, that's Old Testament. So I found a couple of lists that you and I are going to read this morning. And disobedient children fall under a, a list of things I don't want my name in. All right, we're going to see if God still thinks, because then he said if, if you strike your parent or if you curse your parent, you should be put to death. All right, let's look and see what we look like here in, in, in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, verse 28. All right, this is, the. I'm going to give you some background here, a little bit of uh, filling in a little bit of context. This is where we get the... Um, debased mind talk and and the and the God desired them to honor him and they desired to honor to not honor him and and he comes up with a list in verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness They were filled with all manner of evil. They were filled with all manner of covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. Look at this disobedient to parents foolish faithless heartless ruthless though they know god that uh, though they know god's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die you see that they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them so would you say God has changed His mind about this child-parent relationship from Old Testament to new? Nope. Nah. Looks the same to me, don't it, you? As a matter of fact, I believe it's gotten worse. Read off that list and think about those things. That, that, you're, that, that disobedient children are in this list. Think about this. Listen, just, just start at verse 30. slanderers, haters of God... Insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient. Listen, verse 31. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. I don't even want my name in those four, right? And and disobedient to parents is right in the middle of this list. Disobedient to parents is in the same breath, in the same statement as inventors of evil. In other words, you you ain't even satisfied with doing what's evil. You got to come up with your own evil. Ruthless, faithless. Think about that. And disobedient to parents is in that. It's in that same list. And, And look what he goes on to say, just in case you missed it the first time we read it. They know... God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. But they continue to do them, and not only to do them, but give approval to those who practice them. They, they deserve to die. Let's, let's look at it one more time, just so I don't lose you. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Well somebody has took my bible and moved 2nd Timothy 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 But understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty This will be the difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid... Such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. Look look at this list that disobedience to parents continues to show up in. Do you understand yet how serious God is about this relationship? Remember, we started out with be imitators of God. Walk in love. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. And it's a continuation of... All the way over to where we're at now and we're getting to the, towards the end of Paul's letters and Paul is, is kind of giving out some warnings and, and doing a little bit of, you know, Kevin talking about that put this off and put this on kind of thing and he's kind of dropping some reminders. And amongst those are relationships and what relationships look like as imitators of God. And, and the first of those is the family relationship, the husband and wife relationship. And we've seen last week what that looks like and how it doesn't look like a marriage relationship between two worldly people or ungodly people. It's different. It's different in that each one has its own role. The wife has a role and, and, the, and the husband has a role and they're expected to walk inside of those roles. And the, and the wife's role is to be submissive and, and, and loving and respectful. And the husband's role is to love His wife, like Christ, loves the church. So in other words, the relationship between husband and wife as a Christian couple is supposed to be the image of the relationship between Christ and the church. We go from that discussion to the next thing is this children obey your parents, the relationship between children and their parents, and parents and their children. And he gives this warning. And, and, and he also gives a promise that goes with this. Now I want to show you something. Go back to Ephesians, uh, where we were at, chapter 6. Because I think we have pretty well established what it looks like or what God thinks about um, this relationship between parents... And children, and children, and parents. I'm going to look up one right quick because I didn't. Uh... Chapter six twenty. Now that'll be next. Um... So go back to Ephesians chapter six. So, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Right? It's, it's right. And it's so right in God's eyes that if you can't do it, He says, he says to put them to death. Right? If, if you can't get them to behave, put them to death. Now, I'm going to give you, we're going to get to it in a minute. Don't let your minds settle on that too heavy this morning. Because there is some good news. We have some other instruction to go along with this. So you don't have to start taking them out just yet, okay? Hang on. Listen, I wasn't going to do this, but I am. Because I can't do it. I mean, I can't do this message without telling you all about my childhood, right? I'm not sure my dad was real familiar with a whole lot of scripture when I was growing up. But I'm pretty sure he understood this scripture. Because he spent my childhood trying to put me to death. (laughs) Right? That part about spare the rod and spoil the child, ain't no way I was going to be spoiled. (laughs) Ain't no way. I don't know if rod and belt are the same thing, but but it's got to be close. (laughs) That's what my daddy used. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you go back to Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. Exodus chapter 20, I skipped one on you Nathan. We'll go back to that Proverbs, I promise. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Of course, Exodus chapter 20 is where we find the, the list of commandments. And when we're reading in Ephesians, and he says, in, in parentheses, this is the first commandment with a promise. This is, he's talking about the Ten Commandments. Not only is this the first commandment with a promise, this is the only commandment with a promise. This, and again, we're still, I'm still trying to establish with you how serious God is about this relationship Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now in Old Testament writings, this land that the Lord your God is giving you was referring to what? Remember they were in captivity and they were being brought out into the promised land. In New Testament writings, that same promised land refers to what? This is not a promise that you will physically live longer on this earth if you obey your parents. This is a promise that you will have a spot if you obey your parents. You with me? You see how, you see how, you see how much weight God puts on this? You, you see how important this is to God that children obey their parents? This is pretty weighty and listen, it ain't but just four verses and it's easy to read over that and look at your kid and go, yeah, you ought to mind and go on past it, you better stop and consider what's being said right here. God's pretty serious about this. He wants this relationship in place for a reason. Listen to me, if mama and daddy don't teach them how to act, who does? Who does? And if the rest of the world isn't living with the same standard you are, do you want them teaching them? No, you don't. As a matter of fact, you do not. No, you want to be instilling this in them. You want to be the one that's teaching them this because remember, as a Christian, as a child of God, you have a different standard than the rest of the world. We're cautioned as Christians to not take advice... From the unchurched. You know why? They don't have the same standard you do. As a matter of fact, most of them don't have a standard at all. You don't want them instilling things. Listen, you don't want the TV teaching your child. It has no standard. You don't want the internet teaching your child. It has no standard. You want to be the one in charge of this. Listen, there's so many things in this world that you do not have control over. So where you do have control, you better take control because there's going to be enough of that other in those times that you don't have control. That when you do have control, you need to interject your authority and take that control. God's pretty serious about this. I was sitting in a household one time and a a young girl, a little kid, a little kid, probably six, seven years old, slapped her mama. Well, I came unglued. Nobody else in the house did, but I did. I jumped up, I grabbed up this kid, and I wore that rear end out. I'm talking about I I flat beat it. And I took that child and I put her in a chair in the corner of the room, and I put, I put her there, and I stepped back, and I said, you don't move till I tell you you can move. And I looked at the rest of the household full of adults. And I said, the first person that comes over here and babies her, you may get that too. Somebody's got to put a stop to this, and I don't know how I got chose to do it, but I'm over it. And mama, you going to sit there and let that happen? Do you not understand? And the answer is no. No, she does not understand. So I went back over to my chair and she's, you know, that kind of thing. And my wife was in amongst this crowd and she said, would you run to the house and get such and such? And I said, yes, ma'am, I sure will. And I got up and I had to go by her that chair to get out the door. And she looked at me and she said, can I go with you? And I said, yeah. I said, can you tell me that you're not going to do that no more? Can you tell me that you understand why I jerked you up, jerked a knot in your drawers, and put you in that chair? She said, yeah, I ain't supposed to hit my mama. I said, that's right. And baby, you can't ever do that again, ever. Whether I'm there or not, you can't do that. Yeah, come on. So we were about to the door, and I heard the kid's mama go, after he did that, she wants to go with him? And I stopped and went, listen. Children desire guidance. They desi- what that's called is respect. And she would treat you the same way if you'd treat her that way. Mamas and daddies, we've got this in our minds that if we spank our child, they're going to hate us. Well, maybe they will, and if they do, that's okay. You wouldn't brought, they wouldn't give to you so you can be their friend. They'll have friends. They was give to you so you can be a parent. And listen to me, if you don't instill the values that God's talking about right here in them, who will? Who will? At some point, listen, we're going to get to it in a minute, and I may have got ahead of myself. We're told to discipline our children in the Lord. God don't just let you as His children run amok out here and act like you ain't got no sense. He disciplines His children. You know why He disciplines them? Because He loves them. I was the most loved child you've ever seen. <laughs> they ain't never been a mama and daddy that loved their kids no more than my mom and daddy loved me. Right. I got reminded daily that they loved me. Sometimes when daddy'd get up at four in the morning to go to work, he'd roll me out of bed Show me that He loved me, put me back in bed, and go ask for what you might do today. Because He loved me that way. Just how much He loved me. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. this, This commandment comes with a promise. It's the first commandment with a promise, the only commandment with a promise, and the promise is a seat in heaven. Not because you can earn that but because your works is a result of your faith. So your actions are a result of what, of what you believe. Look at here, verse, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. And he goes on into a specific teaching, but listen, we are told, even in Proverbs, we are told, To take what mama and daddy teaches us and hang on to it, right? Tie it around your neck, right? Hold on to it. It's going to be a light. It's going to be a lamp. It's going to be useful. It's going to be there to protect you and guide you. So without the proper teachings, mamas and daddies, what, what do they got? Without the right things poured into them, what are they going to fall back on? What Nickelodeon taught them? What SpongeBob advised them? Huh? It is. You've got to be instilling it in them. They're depending on you. This, this is the things that they're going to use to get them through the tougher times on down the road. And if you ain't poured it in them, well, they going to have. God's pretty serious about this relationship and what it's supposed to look like. And there's a reason for that. And I want to tell you something, if it's important to God, it better be important to me. You know, at one time, all of my parenting advice was theory. Like global warming, it was unproven, it was just a theory. But about five years ago, I got to start testing some of my theories. (laughs) Fortunately for Montana, right? (laughs) So now some of the things that I've given as parental advice, I can tell you work. I can tell you it's a good thing. I can tell you practice it. There's some of my ideas I can tell you probably don't need to try that. (laughs) Didn't go as, it wasn't as good in life as it was on paper kind of thing. One of those engineer's flaws, you know what I'm saying? But here's one thing for sure. I'm not going to fail because I didn't try. I'm not, I, I'm not saying I've perfected it. I'm not saying we've mastered it. And listen, I, I, I got I, some of you see it as a disadvantage. Some of you see it as an advantage. She was nine when I started. <laughs> so, so my subject started at a different age than most of you. But it ain't, I didn't fail because I didn't try. I still, I'm still trying. We, we still have paddles at my house. <laughs> it's Montana's favorite tool. <laughs> I think it says making kids great again. I <laughs> see I could have left that off. <laughs> but I knew y'all would laugh. Y'all are a bad influence on me. Verse 3 That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And again, we've established that the promise of the land then was the promised land. In New Testament times, it's still the promised land. It's just a different location. Okay? Not because of earning heaven, not because you earn, but because your actions are evidence of your faith. Now to the parents. Fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up, listen to me, in discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's our duty. It's what God's called us to. If you're a father, then you've been called to this. Discipline and instruction. Go to Genesis eighteen nineteen. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. This is right in the middle of um, God has just told Abraham that you're going to have a kid. And Sarah has kind of giggled and scoffed a little bit because they're old. And God looks at her and goes, did she laugh? And and God said, listen, I've chosen Abraham. I've chosen him and here's what I've chosen him for. That he may command his children and his household after him to keep my commands. Abraham as a father was chosen to do that. You as a Christian father are chosen to do that. To teach your children God's commands. Somebody's got to teach it to them I promise you Spongebob ain't going to do it Somebody's got to teach it to them It ain't up to the school system Matter of fact it ain't even up to the Sunday school teachers It's your responsibility Now it's okay to use all, the, all of the available resources you have Whether it's the church and the Sunday school And, and whatever programs you can find But it's up to you it's up to me. I'm absolutely convinced that when I we all, you all know that as a Christian you're going to stand before God right in judgment and give an account. You you realize that, right? That's a real thing. It's really going to happen. I'm absolutely convinced that the first thing I'll be judged on ain't being a pastor. It ain't being a Sunday school teacher. I'm convinced the first thing God's going to talk to me about is a husband. And I think number two is going to be a father. I think those are the first two conversations I'll have to stand before God with my hands in my pockets and my head down if I didn't do it right. Or I can stand up straight, not because I'm proud of what I've done, but what God's led me through. It's my responsibility as a father. It was Abraham's responsibility as a father. Before he was even given a child, he was given the commandment. It's pretty important to God, this relationship between children and fathers and mothers. This household thing, it's pretty important to God. It's really important to God. Look at here, keep going with me. We're going we're to run through some Proverbs. And I tried to pick out the ones that you weren't familiar with. Okay? I tried, and and there's going to be a, in one of these. There's going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a. Uh, I told you earlier, don't hack them yet. You know, don't don't put them to death yet. There's still a chance. I'll, I'll show you where I got that from. Proverbs 22.6. two six. Y'all come go with me. We'll go in numerical order, maybe. Probably not. No, it's not. Never mind. I didn't say that. Proverbs, I didn't write them down in no kind of order. My bad. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs twenty I'm telling you, the Bible has a lot to say about this subject, um, which means it's pretty important. I like 15 too. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Verse 19, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give you delight to your heart. Thirteen uh, twenty-four. 24. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Diligent to discipline him. 19.18 Proverbs 19.18 Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Now what could they possibly be talking about? Huh? Think about it. Listen to what he says. Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. What is is that referencing to? Don't give up. You remember what, what the Bible said earlier in the Levitical law, back in the law? If he was a striker of his father, put him to death. If he curses his mother and father, put him to death. Proverbs says, discipline your son, for there is hope. You can get it started now and maybe save his life. Don't, 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 look, don't set your heart on putting him to death. Don't give up on him. There's hope. There's hope. Discipline your son. There is hope. Don't, don't set your heart on putting him to death. There's hope. There's hope. But it's going to come by what? Discipline and instruction. Discipline and instruction. And I know, listen, one of the hardest things, I thought this was the easiest thing in the world to do, was whip your kid, because my daddy done it so easily. I always thought that was the easiest thing in the world until, until Montana came. And this is the honest to goodness truth. I'll draw you this picture. I did everything in the world to not bust that butt. And, and kept trying and kept trying and, and take this away and, and ground this and do this and do that. And finally, one day at work, y'all know, for the most part, me and Amanda work at the same place. In other words, if I'm at the shop, we're both there. So we're able to have conversations during the daytime that most parents don't get to have. So I was there one day, and she goes, "Eh, you're going to have to bust it. I said, what do you mean? She said, you're just going to have to light her up. She said, we've tried and tried and tried, and now here's the next thing. And I said, well, Okay. So, when we get home tonight, that's the plan. So, we gather in the garage as a family of three for our first whooping. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. If, I'm, if at any point I begin to lie, either one of y'all have permission to stand up and call me a liar. So, we get home, and I go, Well, I guess I need to cut a switch. So, I go out and I find a switch. And I come in with that switch. And I'm having this discussion with my daughter about what's fixing to take place. And she starts having an, a breakdown. <laughs> one of them crying. And I'm going, Sister, I ain't hit you yet. <laughs> well, then I start explaining to her what we're doing and why we're doing it. Well, now I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and I tore up about three good licks with that switch. And I promise you, it did hurt me as much as it did hurt. It really did. But now since then I've gotten kind of used to it and it ain't no big deal. (laughs) No, that's not true. That's, That's not true. That's not true at all. I understand what I'm trying to tell you is I understand that it is a difficult thing sometimes to whip your children. But I also understand the importance of it if God says it's important to do it. Then it's important to do it. It's a must. Now I know you think I'm to tell one more story, and if this one don't get me in trouble, ain't none of them. <laughs> this one took place right here in this pulpit in this big old heavy oak. And I was standing up here, and we had a lady that had started coming to church, and she had her grandchild with her. And he was what we Christians say, all boy, which means he wouldn't do nothing she told him. <laughs> That's what that means. And I was up here preaching, and he was bad about getting away from her. And he come right down. <laughs> Some of y'all starting to remember this. Hey, and if at any point, if I tell a lie, somebody stand up and stop me, okay? He come streaking down the side right down through there, and he made that turn. And, as, and I seen him coming, and I eased this way. And as he made that turn, he got about right here. And I grabbed him up, and then fashion only, I wore him out. About three licks, and I set him back down in that direction back to her. And she, goes, she gets him, and, and they go on. I never quit preaching. I never missed a word. I stayed on subject. It all just went fluid. We get done. Everything's over and set, and I'm standing at the back door and shaking hands. And this lady comes through, and she, th- she kind of has this look on her face. And I go, okay, here we go. I'm going to have to answer for it. And she said, you know, I really don't believe in spanking. And I said, ma'am, you didn't have to tell me that. (laughs) She said, what do you mean? I said, everybody in that church knows you don't believe in spanking by the way he acts. We all know. Every one of us know that you don't believe in spanking. And she just kind of looked at me. Now, I would say this, she wasn't from around here. So she had different ideas. About three weeks later, four, we were in a in a uh, dinner, having a dinner back here. And she come over and sat down. And we were sitting there eating and talking and stuff. I mean, she didn't get mad and leave or nothing. She just, and she kind of bumped me on the elbow like yes. And I looked at her and she was looking down and I looked down in her purse and there's a wooden spoon. <laughs> And I said, I take it your beliefs have changed. She said, you wouldn't believe the difference in that kid. I said, yeah, I would. Yeah, that wooden spoon will say a whole lot more than you think it will. If it's this important to God, it's a must. It's a have to. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. Again, I used to could say that and you didn't have to believe me because I ain't done it. Now I've done it. Now I know. I know. I understand. I don't like it either. But sometimes that's all they hear. And and according to the Bible, there's even verses in Proverbs that tell us to beat the folly out of them. It's for their benefit. I promise you, if God is for it, it can't be bad. It can't be. Now it's done in a in a particular manner. And and all that stuff if you want to put it to it. But again, he says, beat the folly out of th-. Y'all gonna make me find it. Some of y'all looking at me. That's the one my daddy had. <laughs> he had he had a t-shirt that said it, I think. <laughs> it is 2313. 2313. Proverbs 2313. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. <laughs> y'all, y'all see that, right? I didn't write that. I didn't write that. Look at here. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol, which is hell. You can beat it out of him. Think about it. The Bible has a whole lot to say on this subject. A whole lot. And you know, some of you some of kids is big enough, they can hear me and they hear what I'm saying and you expect them to understand. Some of, you, some of you's got some that probably didn't hear all I said today. Listen to me, it's up to you as a parent to instill the things of God in them, to instruct them in this and help them understand that, listen, the Bible says... If you strike your mama or your daddy, or if you curse your mama or your daddy, you should be put to death. Now the good news is, the fellow that's writing Proverbs said, hang on, don't be so anxious. <laughs> There's still hope. Discipline them. Correct it. Man, if it's this important to God, it better be this important to us. Amen. Right? If Abraham was called as a father to teach God's commandments before he ever even had a child, don't you know that God expects the same thing out of us as fathers? Don't walk out of here hating me this morning. I promise you. I promise you. Do everything I can do to make sure everything I'm telling you is from the Word of God, aside from the funny stories. But they're all to illustrate a point. If this thing is this important, I can't say it enough. Imitate God. Walk in love. And then he gives us examples of what that looks like. This is one of those. This is what a a relationship between you and your children is supposed to look like.